And they were full of eyes within, and the rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was, which is, and is to come. And when the beast gave give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne, who liveth forever and ever, the four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for thou hast created all things and for thy pleasure they are and were created. One more time, verse 11, let's read it together. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. I want to preach tonight for the next few minutes on praise for God's pleasure only. Look at somebody and say, my praise is for God's pleasure only. Tell him it's for God's pleasure only. It may get on your nerves the way I praise him, but it's for his pleasure and not yours. Come on, tell somebody I come to praise him tonight. Tell three people around you I've come to praise him tonight. Amen. Now before you're seated, put everybody on notice around you. Just put them on notice. Tell them I'm going to tell you one more time. I've come to praise the Lord tonight. Because somebody's going to get a miracle tonight. Somebody's going to get the Holy Ghost tonight. If you believe that, let's praise God in advance. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord bless you and you may be seated. The four and twenty elders of Revelation boldly proclaim of Jesus Christ, Thou art worthy. The word worthy in the Greek is axios and it means to, des- to deserving and due reward. Of Vine's expository dictionary, it means of weight or worth or benefiting. Worth receiving Glory, lambano, which is to catch something that has been thrown. Something has to be thrown at the, what is it? It's glory. In the Greek, it is doxa. Here we get the word doxology, which is the attributes or true nature of a thing. It is used to describe the nature and acts of the manifested perfection of God's character and the exhibition of his attributes and his ways. In the Hebrew, glory is kabod, which means heavy, weight, or weighty, or to be full of weight of something. The glory of God is the visible manifestation of God. The Theological World Handbook says that it is related to God's self-disclosure and his intent to dwell among men. In Revelations 4 and 11, we are told that there is glory for God to receive. David declares in Psalms 19 and 1, the heavens declare. Tell somebody, the heavens declare. The glory of God 
and the firmament, his handiwork. Firmament is sky. It's the expanse, the visible arch of the sky. The universe, the spreading out or the stretching forth. Have you noticed, if you've been alive long enough, you can notice that scientists come up with an age every now and then of what they think the universe is and how big it is. And you'll go four, or five, maybe six years and they'll come out with another one. And scientists have found out that the, 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 that the universe is yet another 20 or 30 billion light years large. And then you'll go another five years. I've been alive 56 years, so I've seen this a few times. And uh, there'll, there'll be another 10 or 20 billion light years. And then you'll go a little while and they'll say, the universe is getting bigger. We don't know how big it is. And then you'll go three, four, five, eight years later and then they'll say, the, the universe is X amount of billion years lot bigger. Why? Because when God creates, he did not create past tense. He is creating present tense. He is stretching the word of God when he said let there be it was not a word that was one time singular but it was a one time continuous act let there be light and it just keeps stretching out and stretching out and stretching out I want you to know that tonight in this building we have felt the presence of almighty God we have felt the presence of the creator can I tell somebody that why you've been crying and clapping your hands and coming back and forth to the altar God has you under his creative power and he's saying into you let there be and there will be what he says for there to be let there be life let there be presence of joy let there be glory it's happening to you now When we see the pictures of a National Geographic or the pictures of the Hubble telescope and we see the birth of stars in the universe, we know that there are, that they are declaring the glory of God. They are giving glory to God. The vast aura of colors, the multiple shapes, sizes, and dimensions, all of them are declaring and showing God is glorious. Touch somebody next to you and tell them, my God is a glorious God. 1 Corinthians 15 and 40 speaks of the celestial, terrestrial bodies, that glory and the glory of. The bodies is soma, which is the whole body of the universe speaks. And then there's celestial, which is the aerial heavens and sky. And then terrestrial, which is the earth or earthy reveals. Both the whole body, the aerial heavens, and the whole earth are all declaring glory unto God. With every twinkle, every star, with every shine of the sun with every reflection of the moon every reflection and every shine and every twinkle is saying one thing glory unto God every time the stars reflect the light of the sun amen they are saying glory to God every tree that blooms amen and gives amen it's apples or pecans or whatever it is with every fruit of the tree is declaring glory unto God God, can I tell you tonight if the tree and the stars and the moons and suns can give God glory and they can't do anything but do that, then why shouldn't we who are created in God's image and according to his likeness, why should we not give God glory? Come on, clap your hands to the Lord. 
I'm going to tell this church that the reason this building is full is because it was birthed in a pastor and a pastor's wife that knew how to praise. Amen. I don't want to be long, but I'm going to knock this right in the head. I'm going to tell you right now, this is a praising church. This is a worshiping church. Turn to somebody next to you and say, we're a praising church. Amen. You that's got the Holy Ghost in the last 12 or 15 years, you got it in a praising church. You didn't get it in a quiet, laid back, patty kicking church. You got it in a church that knew how to say amen. You got the Holy Ghost in a church that knew how to say glory to God. You got the Holy Ghost in a church that knew how to sing with a loud voice. You got the Holy Ghost in a church that used to give God praise. Come on, somebody clap your hands to the Lord. Because he's worthy. Whether we gaze at the vast heavens or soak up the beauty of the natural world, it all displays and declares the glory of God. The rose, its smell and its color reveals the glory of God. The bird, its song, size, color, and the way it flies reveals the glory of God. The trees, their fruit, their leaves, and the way they expand their branches, all trees are different, but that displays the glory of God. The and its roar and its uh, amazing mane around its head all displays the glory of God. John said all things, everybody say all things, were created for his pleasure. The word pleasure here is theoma, which means because of thy will. This is the will spoken of as the emotion of being disvision rather than the thing willed. God created all things with an emotion to desire to receive glory of that which was created. I'm going to say that again. God created all things with an emotion of desire to receive glory of that which is and was created. That's the reason we are even breathing. Look at somebody say, that's why I'm breathing. Amen. You're breathing because God wanted somebody that had a choice. He wanted to know what it was like to have somebody that had a will. Amen. To say, you know what? I don't want to praise him. I'm at church and they ought to be just thankful I showed up. Let somebody else praise him. I don't want to praise him. I'm saved. I'm redeemed. My name's written down. I'm dressing holy. I ain't got to praise. No, you don't have to. Praise is not something you have to do if you don't want to do. But it's something you can do even when you don't want to do it. God said, I want to make things. Amen. He said, let there be man. Because he wanted to know what it was like to have a man created in his image. And according to his likeness, who was having a bad day, but chose. Somebody say, chose. Tell your neighbor, I chose to be here tonight. Amen. He wanted to know what it was like to have a man that had a bad day, but walked into the presence of God and say, I choose to praise him. I choose to bless his name. I choose to whip my hands. I choose to shout hallelujah. I don't have to feel anything. To Look at somebody say, I ain't got to feel anything to praise God. Oh, Lord, they ain't got the sound on that there because some of y'all didn't do one thing I said. So it's been a couple of years, but remind somebody next to you, say, now, neighbor, the man of God wants some response. Tell him, say, and God needs some response. So if we don't respond, we're going to be here a while. 
So it's best just in self-defense to go ahead and praise the name of the Lord. Come on, look at somebody say, I'm gonna praise the name of the Lord. Now, why are you saying this? Because God dealt with me again today, dealt with me early this week about this message and dealt with me again today because I tried to change, but he won't let me change. This church has not seen the glory of God yet. You've seen a little spark. You've seen one little flicker of it, but I'm telling you that God is about to reveal glory to this people. You better hear me now. If you will give God the praise he deserves, if you will give glory to him, if you will shine to him, if you will make a loud noise to him, I promise you, God is gonna blow this church's mind with his power and his presence. Look at somebody and say, we're gonna give God praise tonight. Now look at somebody and say, now, hey man, I'm feeling a little froggy here, so I'm gonna have to slow down, or I'm gonna, hey man, look at somebody and say, I'm gonna praise the Lord today. Number one, because the book tells me to. See, everybody just run off of that because they won't get in the Bible. Look at somebody and say, because the book says, let everything. Look at somebody and say, I'm a thing. What did he say to the things? He said, let everything. That hath breath. Praise the Lord. Then he got real personal with it and he said, Praise ye. Praise ye. Praise ye. I know you're preaching, but I want you to praise me while you're preaching because you've got breath. I want you to praise me. Why? Because the world's praising liberal foolishness. The world is praising Hollywood. The world is praising athletics. The world is praising no God religion. But we that know who God is have got to stand up and give God praise. Come on, tell somebody I got the Holy Ghost and I've got to praise him. You can be seated, and I like these elders up here. These elders make me feel good. You got gray hair, got gray hair, and they still praising him. So all you folks with gray hair, look at somebody and say, I'm going to have to move something. I know in Pentecost we all get it fooled up. You know, well, he's wanting us all to jump shout. Have I said jump or shout tonight? I ain't said it one time. So I said, give me five shout, hallelujah. I ain't said jump or shout one time. I said praise the Lord. Now the only way you can't praise the Lord is just sit there real still. Up your foot moved, watch it. Now if you do that, that ain't praising him. But if you just, if you just got the strength to say, thank you Jesus, praise the Lord, hallelujah. Maybe you can kick a leg out in the aisle, you know, just everybody down this aisle, just kick your leg out and say hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Come on, everybody say hallelujah. Amen, just wave a hand, say hallelujah. Amen, somebody ought to shout hallelujah with a loud voice. Somebody that can jump up ought to jump up and say hallelujah. I didn't say everybody jump, I said somebody jump. Why, because you got breath, you can, if you can praise him, you ought to praise him. If you can jump up and you ought to do it. But if you can't, just wiggle a leg, just wave a foot. But let everything that's got the breath of life give God praise. Somebody shout hallelujah. 
You can be seated. So all created things with an emotion of desire to receive glory of that which is created. Look at somebody say, you're created. You've got to give him glory. So all created things, whether earthly or heavenly, was created with glory. God created the heavens and the earth. It is only natural that they reflect or throw back his glory. With every bloom of every tree or flower, they are giving God praise. With every fragrance released from every flower uh, that blooms, every fragrance that is released, it is the flower giving God glory. With every fish that jumps out of the water, amen, it's giving God glory. Come on, somebody. Amen, when the bird dives into the ocean to catch him a fish and it comes swimming right back out, pops out of the water and goes to flying, that's giving God glory. If the bird can give him glory and the trees can give him glory and the fish can give him glory and when a lion roars, he's giving God glory. When a deer runs and hops, he's giving God glory. If they can do that, then we which are alive, amen, and have life in us, we've got to give God glory. Everything that could have been made alike in one color, everything could have been made army green. But that would show blandness towards God. It would show a bland God. The multiplicity of creation then in size and color and fragrance and kind reveals the Elohimness of God, the God of multiple majesty. In the beginning, God, Elohim. Not the plurality of persons, but plurality of glory. God is one, will always be one. He'll need, God didn't need the help of two or three or five or ten to save anybody. God was manifest in flesh. Come on, somebody. He was manifest in flesh. God was in the man, Christ Jesus. Amen. Whenever you give God praise, you are praising the only wise God. And his name is Jesus. When you praise God, you're revealing the Elohimus of God, the multiple God of multiple majesty, that he is worthy of praise. By each created thing becoming what God said for it to be, they would manifest its own unique glory. Did you hear that? Amen. I'm going to read it again. By each created thing. Touch somebody say, that's me. Becoming what God created it to be would manifest its own unique glory. That's why in a praise service, we can have, you know, the normal one-third of the church always bumping, jumping and shouting and running to the front. And, you know, we always got that one-third. Amen. But their praise only reveals God's unique glory that's in them. So if you don't praise him, you're not revealing that there's any glory in you. Man was created as the ultimate exposure of God's glory. So here you are in church and we're talking about how good God is and you're sitting like the bottle of water. Nobody believes that. Nobody believes that you're created in God's glory and in his image. Nobody believes that you got any glory about you. But amen, if you start praising him, then people begin saying, now wait a second. Now they may think you're crazy and have we say in Louisiana, cray cray in the couillon. That's, that's, that's Cajun for crazy in the head. 
you may be crazy in the head, but I'm saved and crazy. Look at somebody else say, I'm saved and crazy. Amen. I feel like blessing the name of the Lord. I feel like praising the name of the Lord. But you know what? There's times, and I'm a preacher, that I come to church and I don't feel like it. But I know I'm under a command. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. And so I may have preached 32 nights in a row. But you know what? That 33rd night, I'm going to come in and bless the name of the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I'm asking this church for a revival of your praise to open your mouth and give God a shout of victory. Turn to somebody and say, this is why I was created. If the lower and lowest levels of creation give glory to God, how much more should we who represent the highest order of creation, the great masterpiece of God's artistry, give Him glory? By being born again, you are and have entered into the process of becoming. John 1 and 12, but as many as receive him, to them give he power to become. To become what? The sons of God. This is monogenous theos, monogenous Theos, mono's one. Genesis, generation or genetics. Theos is God. So in the original Greek, it literally says the only generation like them are the only genetics of their kind. When you were born again, you didn't just get a little goosebump machine that popped inside you, but you got the power of the God of creation put inside of you, and it gives you the power to become the only generation of its kind. The reason we preach a new birth, it's not the Pentecostals' idea of what it takes to be born again, but this is the word of God, that when you are born again, baptized in water and baptized in spirit, when you come out of that, you become a whole new genetic structure. Tell somebody and tell them I'm the only genetics of my kind because I'm born again. You're born again of water and of spirit. That one action of water and spirit baptism, it's like as unto the first birth. When you're born of the natural, that baby comes through the water of the womb. When it comes out, they pull that little thing up by its feet, and if it ain't crying, they give it a little swat on the tail. <gasps> bah! That's the only sound they're looking for. It's just a sound of life. When you come through the water, we're looking for a sound. Because the sound, come on somebody, it's a sound, amen, of other tongues. It's a sound of another language. It's a sound of another people. Can I tell you, I'm in a church full of people that have become new creatures in Christ. Adam became a living soul, therefore living in the power, dominion, and fruitfulness, walking in the cool of the day. They still gave glory to God. They fulfilled their reason for, reason for being created, but they fail when they cease to give God glory, fulfill their reason for being. God created Adam and Eve to give him glory as a matter of choice. He had angels, innumerable hosts, cherubims, seraphims, and the rest of the angels. 
thousand of thousand times 10,000 times 10,000. This thousand of thousands is a number, that's a million. Then times 10,000, which means a myriad of or uncalculable number. So it was a million angels times an uncalculable number of angels times another 10,000 or incalculable number of angels. But in the rebellion of Lucifer, the anointed cherub, he took one third of an uncountable host. But can I tell you, there's still two to one odds just in the angelic beings. We got two good angels to one bad angel. Because they took one third, Lucifer took one third in his fall. There's still two thirds that are still saying to each other, he's holy, he's holy, he's holy, he's holy, he's holy. Then you throw God into the mix and we've got an innumerable host that encamp round about us. So what are we supposed to do? God created us to give him glory out of a power of choice. He wanted us to choose on Sunday night towards the end of September of 2019 to wake up and say, you know what? This afternoon I'm going to church and I'm going to bless the name of the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. When we that are born again, we become a new creature, creature, a creation. Now you start becoming what you were created to be. What were you created to be? Psalms 50 and 23. Whosoever offereth praise glorifieth me. Whosoever offereth praise glorifieth me. The worship that God requires, that Barnes Note says, is praise. Not the mere external act of homage, nor the bloody sacrifices, nor a mere bended knee, but it is the praise that comes out of the heart that he covets. God longs for. He longs for us to praise him. Not just in this service tonight, but when you get up in the morning, when your feet hit the ground before you put your feet in your slippers or your house shoes, if you will say, God, I give you praise this morning. Amen. I'm telling you, God will manifest himself. You'll feel God through a day like you've never, you get driving along on the way to work and you, God, I praise you. Now you have to turn off your rock and roll music to do that. Or whatever else you got, your country picking. Snuff dipping, picking music. I'm from Oklahoma and I can, I can country tune it with the best of you. You know, sing country, you just got to hit a note of eighth off. That's all it takes, sing country. You hit a note, just a little off. And you country. Look at somebody and say, everybody in here can sing country. Just hit a note off. Hey, man, it's all the folks that ain't in the choir can hit a note of eighth off. Hey, man, just kind of, but that's a joyful noise. That's why there's joyful noise. He didn't say joyful melody. He didn't say everybody that can sing in tune, praise me. He just said everything that has breath. Everybody, one, two, three, breathe in. Now look at somebody say, that means I can praise him. Now my mother-in-law who passed away about three or four years ago, Dodie Martin. Y'all know Dodie Martin? Used to run the session stand up at the youth camp for all of our years. And now Natalie's running it. Well, anyway, uh, y'all never been to camp. Y'all can all bow your head and repent. You've never been to camp meeting. And she couldn't carry a tune in nobody's bucket. And we'd all pick fun at her. One day we was all there and we was getting ready to go to church and all 15 or so of us and we was all teasing about it. I ain't, I ain't gonna sit by Dodie. I'm, I'm gonna sit down at the end of the pew. And she kept on, why are y'all saying that? And finally somebody spoke up and said, well, because you can't sing on tune. We all started laughing, slapping, high-fiving each other and laughing and cutting up. And she just sat there and looking at us. And finally we got done. She said, it's all right. 
when y'all sing, it all sounds like each other. But when I sing, don't nobody sound like me. He knows it's me. So look at somebody and say, you got to make a joyful noise unto the Lord. You say, what are you saying? I'm saying praise is not something I have to do. It's something I get to do. I get to give God glory. The young people have been at a youth retreat for three days, but you get to give God glory. I know you're tired, but let everything that had breath praise the Lord. First Chronicles 16 and 28 and 29, give unto the Lord, ye kindreds of the people. Give unto the Lord. Everybody say glory. First Chronicles 16 and 33, and say ye, save us, O God of our salvation. Gather us together and declare us from the heathen that we may give thanks to thy holy name and glory in thy praise. Psalms 30 and 12, to the end that my glory, David's glory, may sing praise to thee and not be silent. Psalm 57 and 8, wake up my glory, wake psaltery and harp, and I will praise thee, O Lord. Touch your neighbor and say, wake up, O glory. Psalm 96, 7 and 8 says, give unto the Lord glory. Touch somebody and say, I've got to give him glory tonight. Come on, tell somebody, I've got to give him glory tonight. Now as I close, let's look at the words for praise. The first word for praise is Adon, which means pedestal, solid support, the root of all standing, the base by which the metals hold up the tabernacle. You know, the, the holy place in the Holy of Holies had, had 196 pounds solid silver sockets dug and put into the ground. 100 of them built around the holy place in the holy of holies. They would attach a silver pillar to it. Then they would put the slat boards in between the two pinning rods. They'd drop the three tabernacle curtains over the top of it. But the tabernacle stood on a pedestal that was called a don. It meant that the foundation of the church is a foundation of gratitude. There has to be something in us that is foundational that says, I will bless the name of the Lord at all times and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Touch somebody and say, I will praise him at all times. Not just when you got the fingers on the keyboards. Anybody can do that. Some of them better than others. But whenever you're not at the music, when you're not in the choir, when you're not in the praise team, now God is watching. Can you praise me now? Do you have an attitude that is a don? The foundation of the tabernacle in the wilderness was founded on a hundred solid silver sockets, 96 pounds of silver apiece that was saying the foundation of this tabernacle is we will bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. From that, once you've got a foundation of praise in you, then you can go to Barak, which is to kneel or bless, to surrender, to lower oneself under the magnanimous power of God. You are saying, I'm below you and you are above me. Barak includes a hushed expectancy. Now, the real reason that some people that are saved can't praise him is because you don't see his presence 
as magnanimous. You don't have to feel him to know he's here. And so, so there has to be a humbleness in our spirit. It's, it's, Barak is unique in that before you can go any deeper into the seven words of praise, before you can go any deeper or higher in praise, you have to first know that he is a Don. That he is, the foundation of being connected to him is you will wake up in the morning and give him praise. It's not music generated. It's not beat generated. It's I am breathing, therefore I will Adon. I got a foundation in me that says I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Once you've got that attitude, now you can go to the next step, which is Barak, which now causes you to be humble. It causes you to bow in your spirit. Just because you can sing better than anybody else doesn't mean you don't praise until you get the mic. Come on, it doesn't mean that you just praise God. Amen, just when your group sings. No, sir. Amen, Barak means you're humble in your spirit. It means if I have to, I'm going to get on my knees and I'm going to lower myself under the magnanimous power of God. Every now and then I saw it this morning, a man that was here. I don't know if he's here tonight, but he had one leg. I saw him get out and come up here to the front. He was standing and then he came up here, laid his cast down, bent that one leg down, and he began to humble himself under the magnanimous power of God. Amen. Whether you do it naturally or you do it in the spirit, there's got to be something about our praise that is humble, that realizes if it had not been the Lord that was on my side, I wouldn't be saved today. My dad was saved when he was a young kid, 16 years old, Fort Walton Beach, Florida. Fort Walton Beach, he was saved there. Went through some trouble. Got married. That lasted about a couple of years. Was in the Air Force. His wife left him and they ended up divorcing him and that was it. Amen. Uh, it's okay. She got prayed back through. Her son, amen, became a preacher. Amen. a preacher in our movement. I just got a brain block. Amen. It'll come to me in a minute. But anyway, good, good guy. Amen. We, we'll see each other every year just about down because of times. Amen. We'll see each other. Hey, brother, how you doing? Slap high five and grab each other and hug each other. Amen. He was born. Amen. Of her and her other husband, her new husband. And my dad got remarried in Alamogordo, New Mexico in 1962. In the 1962 and in 63. Amen. I was born May 6, 1963. And then by 64, the first of 64, the Air Force transferred my dad up to Anchorage, Alaska in the Air Force. Mama didn't know anything about church. She, she was a little girl raised in Alamogordo, New Mexico. Her house she grew up in, and you could see holes. She right through the walls. I mean, I got pictures of my mama sweeping dirt, a, a pile of dirt that deep, just pile of dust and dirt. Just sweep every day. She just sweep out the house, just dust filling it up. Hey man, had four or five kids. My mom was the little baby. And they, they were just, it was just craziness. My mom met him, my dad. He was running the movie theater as a second job at night and he was in there changing the big old reels on the movies and, and come out and he'd come out to help with the popcorn and stuff at, at the break of the movie and you know we don't know nothing about all that anymore it's back in the old days but 
Anyway, hey man, got back there and he met her and she just a, just a girl, cute and pretty and they got to talking and he got to dating and he took her to play golf a little bit and she played basketball in high school and, and they kind of connected and, and they got married. In 1964, they transferred him to Anchorage, Alaska. There they were up there. They had been there two months. 1964. Does anybody remember what happened in 1964 in Alaska? Earthquake. 9.2 on the Richter scale. They were on the base in a little cottage, a little base house. They were sitting at the table. My dad was sitting here in the chair. My mom was sitting on this side of the table. I was sitting here in a high chair. My dad was pinned against the cabinet. It was that small. When that earthquake hit, that table began to bounce. Stuff began to bounce. My mom said my little chair began to bounce all over the kitchen. And it started to fall over. My mom jumped out of her chair and grabbed me in midair, rolled over and bounced across the kitchen floor for a couple of minutes while that earthquake shook the ground. 9.2. She said while the ground was shaking, the first time she's ever talked to me, that was two years ago. I'm 56 now. It's two years ago. I was 54. She talked to me about the earthquake. First time she ever talked about it. She said, Gregory, she said, you look at me. She said, when that earthquake hit that house, she said, I didn't know anything about God. But while I was bouncing across the floor with you in my arms, I said, I've got to find God. When that earthquake hit, she looked over at my dad. She said, Franklin Delano, she said, you know something about God. My dad started crying. He was backslid, upset from the divorce, got his feelings hurt and all that. He said, yes, I do. She said, do you know how I can get a hold of him? He said, yes, I do. They spent a week looking for churches. They didn't have computers back in 1964. They spent a week or so looking for a church. They finally found a church in Anchorage. Brother Luna pastored it. Brother and Sister Luna, she played a mandolin, or he played a mandolin, and, and she played a little accordion. It was just two of them. They had about 25 or 30 in the church. They walked into church on a Sunday morning, and within two weeks, my mama had the Holy Ghost. 35 days later, my dad had the Holy Ghost. She looked at me two years ago and she said, Gregory Scott, you hear me. God sent that earthquake to Alaska to save my soul. Nobody will ever change me on it. Nobody will ever stop me from praising God. I'm going to praise the Lord at all times. I'm telling somebody in here tonight, you don't know what it took to get you saved. But you owe God praise. What would it be if I didn't praise him? What would it be if I let somebody talk me out of praise? The only reason I'm in the church is because God shook. The state of Alaska, 9.2 on the Richter scale. Tell somebody and say, what did it take God to do to get you saved? Come on, tell somebody, what did, what did God have to go through to get you saved? Now, I know some of them think you've done God a favor because you're saved. Look at somebody say he's feeling an old spirit now. Help him preach real quick. Amen. Look at somebody and say, amen, I've got to praise him. Young people, you don't have to feel him for anything. All you got to know is that this is a day the Lord hath made. And I will. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Look at somebody and say, I will rejoice. And I will bless the name of the Lord. The third step for praise. Once you get through the first two, then you come into the first congregational praise word. Praise up to this point is all individual. It's up to every person to go through the first two steps of praise. 
And then if we can get everybody in it, then we can come to the third level of praise, which is yada, which is to confess, praise, give thanks, to hold out the hand or to physically throw a stone. One commentary said it was the motion of the man that would throw a spear in fight. It is to take control of your body and mind. This is for public worship where the worshiper affirms and renews his relationship with God. Whenever you've humbled yourself and you have got a foundation of praise and you've humbled yourself in praise, then you can come to the third level and you can just say hallelujah. This was the motion of the praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's all they did. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It was a praise of the whole congregation. I wonder what would happen in here if we'd take 30 seconds and just extend our hand and just say hallelujah. Come on. Hallelujah. Do it for 30 seconds. Come on. Hallelujah. Extend a hand like you're Throwing a stone or a spear. Just say hallelujah. 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 This is public worship. This is where you affirm and renew your relationship with God. Hallelujah. This is not the praise of isolated members, but it is the praise of a corporate congregation. This is the direct object of Yada, which is in the name. This praise introduces the entire congregation into the dimension evoked by the name. When we bless the name of the Lord and we begin to extend our hand, we are bringing the whole congregation into the domain of the name of Jesus. Then you move into Zamar, which is to touch the stringed instruments or parts of a musical instrument by accompanying with voice. And the fourth word, Zamar, ends even accompanied with dancing. Amen. Musical instrument accompanied with loud voices and even dancing. They would praise the name of the Lord in a dance. I'm not going to put any pressure on there because I don't want anybody to think I'm trying to get to make you dance because I'm not. Amen. But look at somebody next to you and say, it wouldn't hurt you one time before you die to just shake a little bit. Because I promise you, look at him and say, I promise you. If, look at somebody and say, if you make the rapture. When you, went through, when you go through the gates, you're not going to say, well, I'm just not emotional. I promise you, you will not go through the goat gates and say, where are all the non-praisers, the people who didn't feel like it, that's where I'll be. No, you're going to go in there. When you get in through the gates, you're going to go to praising the Lord. I believe some of you are going to start dancing. Amen. You don't have to do it now if you don't want to. But amen, I promise you, when you get in heaven, if you make it, if I make it, we're going to bless the name of the Lord and we're going to do it forever. So you might as well get a little warmed up about it. Amen. Because we're going to Zamar. We're going to praise him. And we're going to dance before him. Stay standing. Come on, musicians. The next word is Shabbat. Tell somebody Shabbat. Which means to address the Lord with a loud voice. With the sense of triumph. Tamar is the next word. 
It is to split the ears with sound so as to cause something to break. Now, if you've noticed, these last two praise words go more into warfare than just blessing His name. Shabak is to address with a loud voice. Hallelujah! Glory to God with a sense of triumph. My God, you overcame that temptation. You overcame that trial. You say, glory to God. That's, 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 a, that's, a, that's a biblical word to praise Him. Amen. That's a Shabbat praise. Amen. You just, amen, you go through school and someone trying to cheat. And, amen. You feel a need to cheat, and, but you resist it. Come on, look at somebody say, I resist that. Amen. When you get out of that class, you can say, glory to God. Hallelujah. I, I just triumphed over that spirit. I, I just triumphed. Look at somebody say, I triumphed over it. Then you, then you give God a praise that will split the ears with sound so as to make something break. But the final, everybody say the seventh word for praise is ruah, R-U-W-A. And it means a battle cry, a high joyful sound. This is the praise they offered at the walls of Jericho. They offered it after six, seven days of complete silence. God commanded them, be silent. I want you for six days to get out, all two and a half million of you. Just march around the city one time. All I want them to hear is just clunk, 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 clunk. That's all they hear. Seven days. Clunk, 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 clunk. A two and a half million. Just clunk. Everybody up on top of the walls going, my God. What are they going to do? Hey! Nobody said a word. Got done, went to sleep, got back up and started marching. What y'all doing? Y'all crazy Jews? What y'all doing marching like that? And they just kept on day three, day four, day five, day six. They just kept doing it. The seventh day, now these people are nervous. They're looking at them like, God, what are these crazy people doing? They're doing it seven times. This is the seventh day and they're doing it again. But they go around one time and they go around another time. And they go around a third time. And they go around a fourth time. They go around a fifth time. They go around a sixth time. And when they come around the seventh time, when they get to the seventh time around, why seven? Seven days of creation. Seven places in the tabernacle. Brazen altar. Laver of water. Golden candlestick. Table of showbread, altar of incense is five, the veil is six, and behind the veil at the Ark of the Covenant is seven. Seven. Why seven? Seven days of creation. Because seven means it's completion, it means it's finished. Sometimes somebody say it's finished. This is what I felt today. Amen. God wants this church to give him a shout, a seventh dimension shout, a ruah praise. 
I don't know what it is. I asked the Lord today. I took about a 45, 50 minute nap and got up and said, now God, what do you want to say? What is it you want to come down? What is it? What spirit is it? Is there a spirit? Is there something trying to attack the church? Is there something trying to squelch the church? If you'll tell me what it is, I'll preach against it and I'll preach your glory to fill the... He said, just preach my glory. Just preach my glory. So I've come tonight to preach for this point. God wants you to praise him with a ruah. He wants everything in this building to step out of your seat to come to this altar. Come on. Everybody come. Everybody come. Everybody come out of your seat. Come as close as you can. Come on. Come as quickly as close as you can. You feel it, don't you, Bubba? Come on, young people. Come on, Mama. Come on, Dad. Come as close as you can.